though the 2022-23 season is not over for La Liga, Serie A, or League One, the main competitions are already over in the three leagues and in Premier League, especially of the title race. We have wrapped up the campaign for Bundesliga last week. Now let's bring it to the other four major UEFA leagues. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So for Premier League, I think the most interesting stuff is the two men. Manchester teams, because、mm. first Man City, they already won their title, which is not really news in recent years. Yeah, is it weird to say that? I wanted to say personally that this is finally their era if they win the Champions League title. Yeah, it seems like they finally cracked the code, which、mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to say because you look at the money they've spent, the、yeah. size of the club. Like at this point in time, it's by far the biggest club in the world. So you look at them. Winning the Premier League for three years in a row,、mm-hmm. and you think to yourself, "Well, Arsenal were leading for such a long time; it's not really that impressive." But then you stop and you realize they're on for a treble. If they get it, that is going to be a real historic moment,、mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where I think, on one hand, that will be the team finally arriving, but on the other side, I think that will be a sign of the Premier League weakening. Oh. Because I I think that's been a story that's somewhat been lost lately.、Mm. Because we generally think of the European leagues as having their giants and everyone else playing second place. It's Bayern,、yeah. and everyone else, PSG, and everyone else.、Mm-hmm. With the Premier League, because we've had so long of it being fairly competitive at the top. Exactly. We've lost sight of how much bigger Man City are and how much more dominant they are in general. Like. You know, I mentioned that they were trailing Arsenal for like well over two hundred days in the league,、mm-hmm. but they were doing so f- full in the knowledge that they had the strength and depth, they had everything they needed to just mount a campaign in the in the dying days, which is a far cry from everyone else. And you look at the remainder of that top four, or even you go further down. You know, Newcastle are fourth place.、Mm-hmm. They've recently got a massive injection from Saudi Arabia、yeah. as well. So if they end up competing at the top, it will be a bit like when Abramovich came in because that was the first time someone had the muscle to challenge Manchester United.、Mm-hmm. But then you're comparing that to, you know, say Todd Bowley at Chelsea, which has been a disaster so far. But he's a billionaire and he、mm-hmm. can't compete. You have Fenway Sports owning Liverpool, and、yeah. they are they were struggling at fifth place. So I feel like this season, if City can get the treble, and based on who they're up against, I wouldn't be shocked if they do. I feel like that really cements we are in the City era.、Hmm. We're in the City era, but in order for Premier League not to turn into the second Bundesliga or League One,、mm-hmm. do you think Manchester United will have the best power to reverse the situation, or at least to challenge their old little brother in the old days? Yeah, so that's that's an interesting scenario because at the moment they're going through the stuff with the Glazers,、mm-hmm. and the main reason why they haven't been able to compete is because of the Glazers. I know I'm not a United fan, so I don't know the ins and outs completely. But the general gist is, as money has been coming in, they've been taking it out to pay for their other sports franchises and things like that. They've been relying on themselves being a big name. Now they've got Ten Hag in.、Um, You know, we've mentioned this several times. It's the first time the shadow of Alex Ferguson, let's say, hasn't been cast over.、Yeah. Everything there isn't. Oh, we need Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to come in. We it isn't a case of yes, Jose's here, but he's not playing the United way, so we don't like it. 
This feels like the first true break, the first true new era. And by being able to reach this third place finish, reach the FA Cup final with so much drama going on, be it behind the scenes Mm -hmm. with the Glazers, be it on the pitch with Ronaldo, who people forget was the big story just before the World Cup happened, which is only December, like half a season ago. For them to finish in this position with the squad they have, with the team they have, to me, this shows that they can be serious contenders again. It's just a case of whether they get the deals they want. You know, for example, there's the uh, story brewing right now. They want Mason Mount from Chelsea. Mm -hmm. If they can still attract players like that and really make a run, I think we could see it being, you know, Manchester versus Manchester as the two-horse race in the next few years. You know, this is really interesting because in this season, City didn't really spend the most. That's Mm -hmm. Chelsea. I think even United outspent Man City. Apparently, United spent their money well and smart and Chelsea didn't. Now, even... I think still Man City are the richest club in the Premier League or mm-hmm. one of the top two. Yeah. United will have to spend their way back yeah. and they are the most probable team to do that. Did when say when City were purchased by Cheek, mm-hmm. but uh was was were a lot of people actually thinking that finally we have two teams in one city will race each other. That didn't happen for a long time. Mm-hmm. And until now, it's the other way around, but it's still happening. Yeah, That should be a good thing for the Premier League, right? It should be, because basically the issue is that it should be what isn't taken into consideration is just how much muscle, mm-hmm. how much money uh, that the Arab, the Arab states have. Because that's what's got Newcastle to the top so quickly, so yeah. fast. And this is just their first season. So it's one thing to have like these sugar daddy owners, be it Sheik Mansour, mm-hmm. be it Roman Abramovich, be it Todd Bowley. But the thing is, as ridiculous as, as it is to say, Bowley's a billionaire, Abramovich was a billionaire, but Sheik Mansour has the is access it? to the resources yeah. of basically an entire country mm. who are willing to just throw money at this hand over fist. It goes from being, you've taken a club into the stratosphere to taking it even, even further. Mm-hmm. And when it reaches that level, it goes from being a bit of a boys' club to being some a boys' club with someone who is just completely, mm-hmm. be, completely beyond. Which is why I highly suspect, give it two or three seasons, we're going to be seeing it. Let let's say City number one, Newcastle number two, and then for those third, fourth, perhaps fifth place spots, your Uniteds, your Chelseas, maybe even. I mean, I'm being hopeful here, but, you know, Everton up for sale. Could be. And you've gone from uh, a millionaire in Fahad Mashiri, who is now going to be, I think he was saying he is intended to be 40% shareholder, and the other money will be brought in by either a state fund or, like, a um, consortium, Mm -hmm. which is to say that if you can pump that kind of money into a, a club as hopeless as Newcastle, you know, you can probably do the same thing for Everton as well. And that's where we compete. However, a thing which I do want to quickly touch on is Tottenham finishing eighth place. Yeah. Missed out on Europe, which is a disaster for a club of that size. Whereas Aston Villa got into the uh, Conference League. And for a manager, the si- I say size, with a manager of the lineage of Unai Emery, PSG, Arsenal, mm-hmm. a very clearly a genius. He's won the uh, Europa League several times with uh, clubs in La Liga. For him to go to a club like Aston Villa, 
I think what this is showing is we're talking about consolidation at the top of the Premier League. But if we broaden it to Europe in general, because we're going to talk about the rest of the leagues today, the consolidation of just the Premier League over the rest, I think is going to spell real trouble for teams like Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, even the Milanese sides, which are known for being giants within their own leagues, but within the remainder of Europe, they're now getting dwarfed by Crystal Palace and Fulham. True. City won the title, so they're about to enter their new era. I couldn't say the same for Barcelona, which mm. won the title by a really remarkable advantage. So is their debt. Yeah. And they have one title. It doesn't I don't think it actually changes anything, even if Lionel Messi say comes back next season. So how long do you think or if they will ever stay on the throne, say for three months into the next season? Mm-hmm. No, that's I mean that's the perfect transition because I'm looking at that Barcelona side. And like, for example, let, I'll just read a few of the players right now. Ansu Fati, Robert Lewandowski, um Busquets, you have Gavi, um you have Jules Koundé yeah. in the in the defense. Jordi Alba still there. Um, you know, this to me is like it's, it's not good a champion players, team, but that's yeah. not the Barcelona of old. When you saw the players they had, exactly. It, you know, Lionel, <laughs> Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to Xavi, use that, Iniesta. It? Yeah, exactly. Xavi, Iniesta. Um, you had Luis Suarez. You had all these top level players where the belief was always whoever is the best. They're going to prove themselves somewhere, probably in the Premier League, probably somewhere else in Europe, and then they're going to go here or Real Madrid. And I'm looking at this squad, and I'm thinking they have millions and millions and millions in debt. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to be, in terms of their business model, challenging for the Champions League, yeah. being this like global brand. And you've still got Sergio Busquets running your midfield. The guy, I know he's retiring, but the mm. guy is so old. Mm. It shows that they haven't been able to develop new talent internally. You've got... Um, uh, Robert Lewandowski up front, who is a great striker, big fan, as anyone who's listened to the podcast will know, but he's winding down his career. He's yeah. here because it was always his dream to play. Um, you're looking at the re- remainder of these names, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, this is not, this is not the team that we want. Sergio Roberto's right back, mm-hmm. Andres Christensen, like, it's a good team, but, but I'm just not, not in the top layer, not yeah, anymore. And if that's what the biggest team, the team that just won the league by yeah. a lot, is up against, you know, I'm I'm concerned for their future. That's true. And even uh, to a team, to a Barcelona like this, Real lost mm. by such a huge deficit. Yeah. Well, it's not as painful as the loss they suffered from Man City in the Champions League, I yeah. guess. So, but unlike Barcelona, Real always find a way to found their transfers, to found their mm. club. So, what like which how many? of those say epic deals they will make during the summer or next winter yeah. they will do to actually get the new generation of the Glaxos. well that's it like already there's talk um to be honest i don't really trust transfer news until i see the guy in yeah. the stadium holding the shirt whatever so this may be with a grain of salt but we've already got talk of jude bellingham going from one. Borussia dortmund for over 100 million there's the thing that's happened at the moment uh, with Benzema, where if you Google his name, the two headlines are he's leaving for Saudi Arabia or he's staying for another season. Either way, that's going to be a massive outlay, be it, uh, I mean, I mean, a massive income, be it either from that transfer fee mm-hmm. or it'll be the outlay from he's going to be on a reduced salary where they can fund something else. 
and you already look at that team and you do have youth up front. You know, Vinicius Jr. is lighting the players up. He's 22. Yeah. He's going to be there for a while. Same with Rodrigo. Yes, they have this aging midfield with Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, but they are on their way out. That's one of those things where it isn't a case of, oh, they're just deciding to leave. Mm -hmm. That's already in process of uh, working in motion. And then you also have... um, Valverde in the midfield, uh, Aurelian Chouameni. I know he's been injured a while, but still the process feels like it's there. And the issue, I think, is going to be where do they put their focus? Because as we've seen this year, the reason why La Liga was so dominated by Barcelona is they got knocked out of the Europa League so early. That was just their focus. With Real, they were just focused entirely on the Champions League. Mm -hmm. I think next season I can see them just putting a bit more focus in to um, prove that they aren't second best so far to Barcelona domestically. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at these squads, I'm looking at the rumors, I'm looking at the transfer window, and to me Barcelona just looks like a walking disaster. I would not be shocked if we are looking at this in a year or two's time and they are perhaps even third to Atletico Madrid. And they are lucky they are in a league where... You know, I think right now fourth place is Real Sociedad, mm. 67, 68 points, miles off everyone else. Not much competition there, but we shouldn't even be talking about that with Barcelona. And yeah. yet, I feel like there's dark clouds on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And like you just, just like you said, because we always say that La Liga is a Super League, Barcelona, Rio, and the rest. With Barcelona being so bad, with Real being so disappointing, mm-hmm. they're still top two. Yeah. With such a big lead. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but Atletico is one point behind uh, Real Madrid. But you compare like the wins and losses, and it's a case of Real are where they are because they drop points along the way. But with Atletico, they scraped to be there. They really had to grind. Mm. And then, yeah, it's like 10 points between them and Sociedad. So you can be a giant and fumble. But when you are a giant and you're fumbling... Champions League, you're fumbling Europa League, you're fumbling your signings. You've gone from having Leo Messi and these fantastic players to, oh, we need to sell this player to the financial league and all this, Spotify deals. You know, we're talking about the with these other teams that struggled, like we mentioned Chelsea previously. You can imagine them fixing things. They've already got Mauricio Pochettino. That's a great sign for going forward. That's at least one ray of sunshine with Barcelona. We already said that Premier League is maybe weakened. To me, La Liga is being weakened. Mm-hmm. For me, Serie A is more like the weakened. Because yeah. now you see Napoli won the title and somehow their manager decided to step down. You yeah. have the two Milan teams, one in the Champions League. So great, but look at their performances in the Serie A. Mm-hmm. So terrible. The other AC Milan team, terrible as well. Yeah. And Juventus got 15 points away. Got them back and then got 10 points away. They decided not to appeal against it. Mm -hmm. Such a chaos in Serie A. Yeah, because the thing with that uh, Napoli side is, like you say, the question is like, well, did they win on a fluke? Are Mm. they going to be a dynasty? It's the first in 30 years. Everything seems to be going their way. And you're saying Spalletti stepped down. Yeah. But not only that, every one of their star players is already linked with a bigger club. Yeah. It isn't just a case of like, you know, I, I've mentioned the name before, but with like Robert Lewandowski or even Erling Haaland, that's the star of Borussia Dortmund and they go somewhere else. This is like Kvaratskhelia is linked with someone else. Hiving Lozano is linked with someone else. Victor Ozyman is li- 
uh, linked with someone else. You go right the way through the team. I, you know, put it this way: if every single transfer goes through, we are going to see a Napoli side next year that is basically completely unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And we see this repeatedly with a team that will reach a final or something. An Atletico Madrid, a Borussia Dortmund, yeah. they don't have the money to keep their players. We're seeing they're going to see the exact same thing here with Napoli. The issue is that then you look at the other teams, like you say, Inter Milan, mm-hmm. AC Milan. Yeah, you know, this Inter Milan side, I mean, this AC Milan side, Olivier Giroud and Zlatan Ibrahimovic are there basically starting forwards. And That's how old are they? 36 yeah. and 41 each. Besides for that, Divock Origi, who's just done nothing since he's arrived. Uh, Rafael Liao, yes, he's the yeah, young, pacey winger, but he's not scoring these goals. No. So... It's if they are good, they're basically old. And if they are good and they're young, they're getting picked off to go somewhere else. True. And the only team that seems to be avoiding that is Juventus. Mm. Because I think the thing which has been exposed with Juventus, and it's something I've never ever seen before, is you have these giant clubs. And sometimes they wobble. Bayern Munich have done it a lot this season. And a lot of cases, they mention how... There's an aura of in- invincibility, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a wobble, but it's only a little one, and the smaller teams still can't face it. But the players, they they get back to it. Yeah, I'm looking at this Juventus side, and they are a massive club, a lot of history. They get docked the points, and every single talented player just like gave up. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we we talked about Messi following the World Cup. He hasn't given it his all. They think he's kind of done everything. What what have you? Angel Di Maria has not only been worse; he's just been completely absent. True. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic, who was meant to be the big deal, he's not leaving. Yeah, and or he wants to. He wants to because he basically looked at this club instead of thinking, "Okay, I'm wearing the black and white stripes. I'm part of the old lady. We're gonna we're gonna get mm. back up there." He's just treating this like, "Okay, I'm gonna write this out, and move somewhere else." Um, the midfield, Pogba, has been a complete disaster oh coming boy. back. Yeah, Perhaps that's not necessarily his fault, but it's the fault of Manuel Locatelli, who's just absolutely nothing. Leandro Paredes, exactly mm-hmm. the same. Like, every single player that stands out is because they've been a complete disaster. And I'm going to assume next season, whatever penalties or whatever they have to face, even if they start from the same level yeah. as everyone else, completely on zero... It's just not going to be competitive, I don't think, because yeah, true. they're either going to lose these star players, or the smaller clubs will know we can we can take them for a ride. And mm-hmm. Juventus, are, I think, are in for a grim few years. That's true. That's like what the last time it happened, something similar. Mm-hmm. Like Ibrahim Ibrahimovic left, yeah. and a lot of people left. Where's the spirit when yeah. you say that the royal players like? Gabriel Batistota, mm-hmm. when he stayed with the team when they got relegated. Yeah. Where's that kind of spirit when people need it? But again, this is the business and professional football world. Yeah. Maybe that's what I things mean, are. And the, and the thing that's weird weird still is we're talking about this in the same year where you know they did the whole thing, Calcio is back, they're back in Europe. We've got an Italian team in the Champions League final, mm-hmm. got an Italian team. Actually, Fiorentina in the um, Europa Conference yeah. League. So there's an Italian team in every step of the way. And it seems like there's this weird thing going on where the drama domestically is kind of fueling them on the European stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see it again. But in my heart of hearts, I feel like we are seeing a bit of a one-season wonder, everyone giving it their all. And next season, 
maybe yeah maybe Roma maybe Fiorentina maybe these lower down teams can do something Torino up there as well but domestically it looks like we're going to take a couple of seasons to no matter how things I mean how bad things look now in Serie it doesn't even compare to what things are now in League One because mm. PSG. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about how disappointed I am at the club, yeah. and they prove that they always can prove me that we can always do worse. They have done such a lousy job in the Champions League this season. They still、yeah. won the title, and with so much drama running within the club, Lionel、yeah. Messi, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, this whole thing about Mbappe against the club, whether he's gonna leave, what is wrong with this、yeah. league? Like, yeah, yeah I mean. There was always that story going on that the whole point of the PSG buyover by QSI Qatari Sports Investment Group was to establish a foothold in Europe and then build towards them holding the World Cup. And then the, the reason why that was always a story is it's like, oh, it's okay. We have this starting point, lasts a decade. What happens next? And you look at this PSG side, and maybe it's because their star players. Argentina and France—that's the final. It's going to put a split between the two, but it really looks like the wheels have fallen off that <laughs> side. And it's one thing to say that, saying that because it's always been a mercenary side. It's always been guys who turn up, get paid a lot of money. Edinson Cavani, Zlatan Ibrahimovic—they turn up, they play for a while, they go somewhere else.、Um, the one that always sticks out is Gianluigi Buffon, who was there for one year and just、yeah. left. But during that time, he got paid like the salary of like four seasons at Juventus or something insane. So you have this happening, but since the World Cup, like Leo Messi, the the look on his face—he's just walking around. He's tapping goals in against teams you've never really heard of. You know, is it is it great to score against like Angers, Troyes, Stade Brestois, like these teams that just mean absolutely nothing to anyone? And he's going to leave. He doesn't want to be there. No one cares. The stuff with Mbappe. Is he going to Madrid? Is he not? Does he want to stay here? If he does, well, he reportedly has this private line to the owners. He used to have one to Leonardo, the sporting director.、Um, you have all these scenarios with like managers who don't want to be there.、Um, it it really does just feel like a disaster, and yet they're so much bigger than everyone、True. else that you can be in this scenario where. You have Christophe Galtier as the manager, who, as far as I can tell, was appointed just because he was French, and they thought they could kind of get everyone back on side.、Mm-hmm. And he's just led that team to like nothing. You know,、yeah. it's it's one of those things where we talk about the giants in these leagues of Bayern Munich. They're gonna win domestically, so they always want to compete in the compete in the Champions League. That's fair enough. But when they play in the Champions League, they compete. Yeah. With、uh, PSG in the Champions League, it's a disaster every time. Yeah, and you know, a thing which I always go back to, I am convinced that during the pandemic, the reason why it got turned into a straight knockout rather than two leagues is because they really wanted PSG to win because they crumble every time,、yeah. and they still managed to crumble in the, in the in the in that in、mm. that league in that particular season. So, it's an awful thing to say, but if that's the biggest. Team you have in your league, and it's biggest by miles. It's you know we mentioned about how much bigger City is with their investment from Sheikh Mansour, but it's one thing to have a giant when everyone else is large. This is a giant in a team in a league of complete minnows. Yeah, 
And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really strange thing to say, but you look at French football over the years, in a lot of in fantastic managers, fantastic players. French football has a fantastic tradition, but every single one of those managers, every single one of those players, be it Arsene Wenger, be it Thierry Henry, be it anyone, it's because they've moved to the Premier League exactly. or they've moved to Serie A or something domestically. They've never been able to get it going. And right now, because the spotlight's on PSG, it looks worse than ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, when your best players are not here, because even for Serie A, they ha- their best defenders are always in the league. But for mm-hmm. France, for League One, it's a very bad sign. Yeah. And there's no sign of it at getting any better, I think. And, and I think which I just want to touch on, because I completely forgot... Neymar yeah. didn't even go to the celebration for PSG because he went to the, I think it was the Monaco Grand Prix instead. So you have this, so you know, we're mentioning these two stars as in, I mentioned Messi and Mbappe because we have the World Cup hangover mm-hmm. France versus Argentina in the final. But you have this other guy there, Neymar, who's meant to be this big deal. He's this massive star. He's this global icon full with, you, know, you look around the amount of endorsement deals he has and the lack of care he has for this team that he was meant to guide. You know, there's the rumors of him leaving this season as well. But the thing is with Messi, you can understand he's a veteran. He went there anyway because of the stuff with Barcelona. He's moving on. He's going to get a massive payday in Saudi Arabia. Fair fair enough. He's already proven himself. He won the World Cup this year. He's done all kinds. What has Neymar? Neymar has just been, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's probably the biggest flop of my lifetime because he's had so many opportunities to lead the national team. Can't do it. Lead... Barcelona to glory, can't do it. He's been the star alongside Mbappe for PSG, and it's just been embarrassments and scandals and finishing in these positions where it's like, yeah, you won the league, but you don't even care, so you go somewhere else. I really do think that Neymar is going to go down as the biggest what-if, the biggest you-blew-it, the biggest, not necessarily failure, but the biggest... Disappointment disappointment of at least this era of football. That's true. This is what today's PSG are. Mm -hmm. Your your best player is always linked to rumors about him leaving. Your second, okay, let's say they have two second best players. Mm -hmm. One of your second best players didn't come to celebrate you winning the trophy. The other, well, confirmed he will leave. And that's the best team of League One. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And... So I like I you know I don't want to end this on such a dour note. We have Lens coming up to finish second. They are one of those clubs that back when League on League on didn't have PSG as a powerhouse, Lens were pretty competitive in Europe and things like that. And it's one of those scenarios right now where I feel like there's so much chaos in all of these leagues we've talked about that it's going to be fairly exciting on the domestic level. But I do think that the thing we started off with with the dominance of the Premier League Mm -hmm. I feel like we are starting to see that overtake your Bayern Munichs your Barcelonas your Juventuses and the next few seasons for me the question for Europe's leagues is what are they going to do to make sure their big teams remain competitive that's the thing which I'm looking forward to finding out and I do mean that there's going to be great games great players great teams great everything but I feel like there's uh, issues on the horizon for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.